Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast on Monday, July the 5th, with me, Peter Watson. I'm joined today by Duncan Valken, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi, Duncan. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, so, what um, was your favourite stories in today's Watson's Daily? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll kick off. I was going to let you kick off today, but uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I can kick off. That's absolutely fine. Um, so, yeah, my <laughs> my favourite story is, uh, well, <laughs> it's a story about John Lewis. Um, yeah, yeah. So, John Lewis, you know, much-loved department store chain, um, have decided that they are being inspired by a social purpose uh, yeah. and are going to build 10,000 homes in the next few years, which mm-hmm. is a, a little bit off-brand. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, so... 7,000 of those 10,000 are going to be built kind of on existing sites. Um, Mm -hmm. So as we've known from the news recently, they have been announcing a few sites going to close as department stores. Um, So obviously some of those are going to be utilised for these homes. They're going to be ranging from studio flats to houses. Um, They're looking at kind of um, concierge services included and maybe kind of the odd little small Waitrose, little Waitrose convenience store. Uh, it, it just seems like a really, really bizarre move to me um, because it's so, like I said, it's so far off brand and so far mm-hmm. away from their core business. It is just mm-hmm. a huge risk. Yeah. Um, so it does kind of look a bit like they're they're kind of jumping on this bandwagon of well, housing's doing well at the moment. Mm. Um, they have got a new chairperson, um, which uh, might be partly behind it. Um, so Dame Sharon White, who much as she doesn't have any kind of experience in housing and that's and construction and that sort of side of things. Um, has got quite a lot of experience in kind of the financial sector. So she's kind of uh, been permanent secretary of treasury, um, worked for World Bank. Most recently, I think she was the, the chief executive of Ofcom. Um, but she's got quite a, quite a lot of experience in the financial in the financial world and appears to be very good at what she does. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the, there will be some really good reasoning behind why this is what they're pursuing. And obviously, she under her leadership, they will have weighed up why to do it. It just, for me, seems like a very weird direction to go in. And like I said, so totally away from their core business, which is what surely they should be concentrating on. Mm. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be massively wrong, and this could be a genius move. But to me, it just seems a little bit, a little bit odd. Um, what do you think of this? Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Dame Sharon White is clearly a very sharp, you know, very good uh, you know, uh, operator. Um, I think it was a real surprise um, that they, when um, you know, when they were looking for someone to to head up the the business. Mm. So she's the chairwoman or chairperson or chair. I don't know what her official time, but you know, she um, was chosen by the previous person, Char- Sir Charlie Mayfield. Um, and I just it it really I just thought it. It was strange for such a huge retailer in such a difficult point in its history to choose someone who has zero, precisely zero uh, experience in retail. Um, yeah, and that's the oddest thing, isn't it? Like she's got no, no, like, like I said, experience in retail, but also no experience in the field they seem to be moving towards. Yeah. Which is just a very, very weird combination, really. Yeah. And it just... I just think, you know, 
um, I don't like stuff like this because I really feel that, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, that um, companies, when they're in this situation, they need to think of what they are at their very core. Mm. And they need to concentrate on that. You know, John Lewis is a retailer. Why not concentrate on retailing? You know, mm. it's still people are always still going to, to want to buy stuff. They just have to make it, you know, make it easier and more pleasant experience for them to buy. So, I mean, I think that, you know, it, one of the major things that it maybe needs to do um is is to sort out its its stores and its formats mm. for, first of all i mean you what well, you, you were saying something very good earlier i thought oh, oh um, good <laughs> don't don't get up too much uh, no, so, <laughs> so, so i was talking about kind of looking at the way they they, they operate because obviously yeah. one concern for me about the this housing idea is the fact that a lot of john lewis stores are are in big big kind mm. of shopping centers which is a bit of an odd place to put housing anyway i would argue mm. um but by nature of that they have very high footfall so mm-hmm. like, like you said there must be a way of, of improving the kind of current offering rather than completely changing it mm. uh, and i would say i'm basing this off the couple that are nearest to me they kind of over three or four floors mm-hmm. now the cafe seems to be popular uh, yeah. and people in the shopping center will always look for a cafe if they're spending a whole day shopping so actually mm-hmm. i don't think that part of the offering needs changing all that much mm. um the waitrose part of the brand is, re- is really popular so yeah. I-, I would say if you've got kind of four floors leave the cafe as it is that that works maybe use the ground floor as as some variety of kind of miniature waitrose because mm-hmm. like i said they are popular and they've got a big brand following waitrose um and that leaves you kind of with two floors in the middle mm-hmm. um for which to i would say to improve the offering of what they currently do so i, I would argue that at the moment they do two things that could probably be improved on one is probably spread themselves too thin offer too many different things mm. um so they could basically cut down the range is what you're saying isn't it yeah cut, cut down the range you don't probably don't yeah. need to be offering kind of jeans next to footballs next to a brand new ipad next to lego next to perfume next to whatever yeah. else they do all at once yeah um but then also um i think the, the model could change slightly so for some of those bigger items the sort you can't buy stick in a bag and carry it home with you mm. um a lot of people will go try it out in store and then buy it online mm. um, and for, i think f- for a while the reasoning behind that has probably been lead time on delivery mm. so if they could improve the kind of the logistics side the kind of the, the warehousing side of things so you could go in see a bigger item feel it touch it lie on it if it's a bed sit on it if it's a sofa and then order it in store and, and know it's going to be delivered within the next couple of days to your home address mm. I feel like you're probably they're probably going to pick up more business that way um, than just having lots of lots of things that don't really seem to go together all in one place. Mm. And almost it's almost like an IKEA esque model because IKEA I think have done this quite well. They're aware that people go in essentially to window shop, but because you can buy something there and it gets to really quickly, they 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 don't lose that much business to people going. Oh, I like that, but I'm going to go and buy it online. Exactly, exactly, totally and, and, agree. Uh, and I think you, you're saying this. If you, I can't remember the wording you used in terms oh, of the car. Can I do it? Can I do yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. Go for this it. Is, this is, this would be my new slogan for the new John Lewis, as touted by Balkan and Watson. Right? <laughs> is offline experience, online convenience. There we Perfect. go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say I can remember it was brilliant. I just couldn't remember the exact word to use. Um, but that's it, isn't it? People, yeah. people, we've seen over since kind of restrictions started to lift. People 
do want to go out and experience still. So mm. I don't think that that drive to wander around shops and have a look at things is going to is going to decrease. Yeah. But people really do value the 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 convenience, the speed of service you get from ordering something online. Mm. Mm. So I would say rather than completely overhauling everything they do, actually, why don't they just look at improving that? Because yeah. I know a lot of people near me and the nearest John Lewis to me is the one in Peterborough. Yeah, uh, are, are gutted that's that's going because they love going and wandering around John Lewis. Yeah, but most yeah. of them, I would argue, probably don't order that much from John Lewis because you then have to wait six weeks for the mm. bed you've just ordered. And most people kind of order a bed because they need to sleep on it, not yeah. in six weeks' time. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that it just just a bit of refinement. And and you mentioned something interesting earlier about because I said the other the other area I think could probably do a changing is the technology section of, mm. of most John Lewis's, which I would say use a lot of floor space for not very many products. Yeah. Like they'll have these long kind of really slick looking, perfectly gorgeous benches with like four MacBooks on it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I like the idea of being sat there and having some space to admire the product, but you don't need the next person to be four or five meters away. Even with social mm. distancing, you don't need to be that far away. Yeah. And you said yeah. something quite interesting about improving that experience earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was thinking about you know maybe they could make it more like a a, a high end um, designer experience. Now I've I've not had this precise experience myself, um, but I have heard if you go into say somewhere like a, a Dior or Chanel or something, and you go in, it, I mean, this is what it used to be like: is that you you go in, there's not much on display. And they say, "What would you What would you like to see?" <laughs> and you say, "Well, I'd like to see a handbag, please." And they'll say, oh, "You know, what sort of size? What are this, that, the other, you know?" And then they go to the back and they come out and they've got this, um, you know, they've got this product and they demonstrate it to you. Although, you know, like here is a pocket, um, here is a zip. <laughs> Uh, you know that sort of thing, uh, and yeah, but I mean, but, but, but the uh, basically, uh, they probably don't say it quite like. I, that. I, I'm absolutely flabbergasted by your handbag knowledge. That was just <laughs> technical knowledge. Well, was, was top you know, notch. Oh uh, yeah, well you know, I, I wasn't quite sure how. Yeah, how how do you demonstrate a handbag? Uh, but um, actually, my wife does this really funny thing, right? She puts on her, she puts on her arm, and she looks. She's going to kill me. She 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 doesn't listen to me anyway. So, but you see, she killed me. She she puts it on like in the crook of her arm, right? And then looks at herself in the mirror and like moves her arm as if she's walking quickly, which she won't ever carry it like that. But she wants to know how it looks. So I don't know. I apologise to my wife for this. She can't. She can't hear me on this one. Uh, oh, and yeah. it's, it's a bit. Um, and uh, and anyone else who who actually looks at handbags like that. Uh, but anyway. So my point is, is that you is you go to a John Lewis, you'll see um, someone behind the tech desk, let's say, uh, and you and they'll say, oh, how can I help you? And or or you or maybe you you have an appointment, and then they say, well. Um, uh, you know, you go. I, I'd like a, I'd like a laptop. I use it for this, that, and the other. And then they'll ask you a few more questions. And you go, okay, I'll just go and get something. They go out the back. They come out. They say, well, look, this is, this is what you know. This is what I think I would recommend to you because it's got this, 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 this. Now I'm thinking, you know, is that more efficient? A, a more efficient way of selling? Because actually, I think surely the conversion rate is better. Mm -hmm. If you've got someone actually demonstrating it in front of you and who has basically, um, you know, screened, screened it for you um, rather than leaving, as you say, four laptops on a 
on a bench and hoping people will go, yeah, I like that. I'll buy that now. You know, yeah, particularly, I think... particularly when those four laptops, in most cases, to your average consumer, look identical. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, if you've got someone that's trained, I, I would say, with, particularly if you're going to spend like hundreds of pounds on a bit of technology, you're much more likely to buy it yeah. from someone that knows what they're talking yeah. about. It's it's a bit like, I guess it's a bit like going to, let's say you've got, I mean, <clears> I, I'm very fortunate. I have a, an extremely good IT IT mate, anything I ask, I always ask him. I always put it past him first. If you could get someone like that in store, Mm. I think it would be really good and really helpful. So, but anyway, and and to be fair, that that model, slightly different kind of setup, is kind of what makes Apple stores so successful because they have those people. They have people Mm. that are trained to such a high level on the products that will Mm. be able to tell you exactly what you need and why you need it for for your things. And the the last thing about that is I think that gives you such a massive upscaling opportunity as well because if you've got this kind of experience area set up as like a, a really nice, perfect... Yeah, desk set up with a nice ambiance and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you can then go well. Actually, if you like the chair you were set on, you can get that, and you can get the yeah. laptop stand and all and all that thing as well. Yeah. But before we wait, before uh, not waste, before we spend the whole podcast talking about one story, <laughs> um, yeah. why don't you tell me about your favorite story? Before, oh, yeah. before, before okay, this takes brilliant. like three hours. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's but it is an interesting thing. Um, so uh, okay, so my story today is I'm going to, so my wife is going to kill me for that, that uh, thing I just said just then. Um, <laughs> my, my mate Keith uh, might kill me um, for what I'm about to say um, about Morrison's, but. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be doing the podcast by myself tomorrow then. Uh, exactly. Two people have got a target on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Morrison's, so recently you'll recall that Morrison's got a, um, uh, a, uh, an offer. Um, from a, a private equity company, and they rejected it. Um, they said it was too low. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, and, and actually, one of the, the top shareholders, Legal and General, they said that this is not, um, you know, this this is not high enough. Uh, and they were saying that all this was is they, the the reason why they were buying it was because not because they particularly were going to do anything with the business, but it's just that Morrison's has an unusually high level owns an unusually high level of its own, uh, you know, re, uh, retail, yeah, retail outlets. And so the idea was they were going to do a sale. Um, so sell them and then lease them back, which is what's, you know, some um, like financial companies seem to like doing that because it's quite efficient and, you know, etc. Anyway, basically, um, another company called Fortress uh, has come along, uh, made an offer and of uh, and uh, and Morrison's has accepted and re- well, so has recommended it. So it still needs to get um, get through a vote for shareholders. Um, but the reason um, why I think this is interesting is because Fortress owns Majestic Wine. The now, um, and I've said this in in Watson's Daily. I, this may be me putting two to get uh, two and two together and, and making six. But if you think that, um, so you've got Morrison's. If you picture the, you know, if you picture this, you've got Morrison's, which is. Um, has a very good relationship with Amazon. So you you will know that uh, very recently, um, Morrison's now have their full range of their stuff on Amazon, Um, you know, having had a part of their range on Amazon. So now it's the full range on Amazon. If, If you had, so Fortress, obviously being in the middle of this, you could have Majestic Wine sold in Morrison's and 
on Amazon. I mean, the 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 Amazon bit would be the online um, would take care of the online distribution, and the offline distribution. So people going in and doing their shopping in a, in a physical store mm. um, would be covered by Morrison's, the the supermarket. Now, the bit that that's going to sort of annoy my mates potentially is the fact that in that case, why do you need majestic wine physical stores you know suddenly you've got you've got all the different distribution channels covered but then what happens with the stores so um so yeah i mean what what do you what do you think of that i mean i i think i think the actual point that you made is, is really interesting because like you said because of those existing relationships yeah um it does make majestic or the proposition for majestic wine to be in so many more places yeah. Um, so much easier um obviously it would be nice i think from morrison's standpoint to have someone that's looking at uh, investing without selling and leasing back all the the yeah. retail re- uh, real estate because i think that is a dangerous position for morrison's to get in if that was the, mm. the setup um but yeah i, I think it's interesting because the point you make there about well then what happens to majestic in terms of their physical presence mm. um is an interesting one but we're, we're talking earlier because majestics are generally the the stores tend to have fairly decent sized car parks they're in decent locations it's not going to be wasted real estate surely but does it need to be used for that purpose if like you said the majestic wines are available both in morrison's and online Mm. and then it becomes a case of well what do you do with that real estate doesn't it and what do you Mm. do with those those pretty good shop fronts which Mm. have decent parking Mm. and and we were floating a couple of ideas around earlier weren't we about you could turn into kind of some variety of, of of kind of 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 shop um some variety of car groceries type place yeah don't know how good the relationship is with amazon could you kind of use some of the amazon technology to do kind of those contactless or you know i mean uh, yeah contactless shops like the amazon have started doing there's lots of potential but yeah the 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 main main question is yeah this is great for morrison's it's great for majestic except for anyone that might be working on the physical locations for majestics yeah but this is what I'm saying. I think that, you know, actually what they could do, um, as, as you pointed out there, I mean, these, a lot of these Majestics, they do have parking. So why not have, a, you know, a Majestic Morrisons? Um, that's, that's a great name. <laughs> but a, a Majestic Morrisons where you have like, it would be like a convenience store and you'll have Morrisons products, uh, say mm. for half, let's say for half the store. And then the other side is Majestic Wine. Um, and then that way you would have an amazingly good convenience store, um, which, you know, and so that's that's one thing. And I just wondered whether um, uh, whether our shopping. Ha- so that's sorry. So that's one that's one thing. But the reason why I think that could work is because I am I am wondering whether our shopping habits are going to change again. Mm. So um, under lockdown. So sorry, leading up to lockdown. Um, you had fewer people doing a once weekly shop. You know, yeah. it was it was people doing a, a big, sh- a reasonably big shop topped up by local, you know, shopping at local places. Right. So yeah. that's 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 where it was all going. When we hit lockdown, it went back again to people going once, you know, doing the weekly shop because I suppose that they wanted to have less exposure to, you know, potential germs and things like that so they're only going once a week now as um 
lockdown restrictions ease, um, I just wonder whether people are going to return to that multiple, you know, times a week shopping, especially if more people are going to continue to work from home. So rather than get in the car, go down to the supermarket and do it once, they might just think, um, you know, I'm off on, I'm going to have a break now. I'll just go, I'll just, you know, I'll just go into uh, Majestic Morrison's and get, um, you know, get uh, whatever it is, you know, a yeah. chicken for tonight or something like that. So I just wonder whether that, that might be really good. And, and, and in fact, it might, it could shake up the, uh, the convenience um, store sector. And like you say, if they manage within that to get some sort of agreement with, um, um, with Amazon, I mean, God, we really are sort of putting two and two together and making not nine hundred. <laughs> nine here, now, but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, if that could happen, that would be a, that suddenly that would be very very strong. I think you know you'd have the um, majestic locations with the parking and stuff, and you'd have all this. Yeah, it, you'd be tapping into the multiple shopping multiple shops per week, um, and people's renewed love for alcohol uh, under under uh, you know un, under lockdown. So I mean, mm. it, it feeds into lots of different areas. I think. Yeah, it, it can make um, it can make date nights a lot easier to shop for as well, couldn't it? <laughs> you could go and buy the food and have the, the perfect wine kind of match there for there we go. store. There um, we go. <laughs> to be fair, that just brought me on to another another idea. You could because do, they, like, they are wine tastings, wine tastings, yeah. didn't you? Because um, well, they do. That's Morrison's what they provide do. the antipasty and yeah. um, and, well, and, the, and the breads and stuff and yeah. and cheese and, and and majestic provide the wine. Well, so there's, fun... there's, there's loads of opportunities there. Funnily enough, I mean, I know Majestic Wine did do, and I think they still do wine tastings. Mm. And yes, that could be a great, that could be a great joint thing. And and also, I do feel as well that Majestic, they are really good in terms of you go in. I mean, this is this is a classic what I have done, say, at Christmas. I'll say, look, we're going to do roast this, that and the other. And, uh, and I said, you know, what goes best with that? And they have always, I always think that their staff are so good. So in a way, if you had, you know, rather than if you pardon the expression, if you had, you know, majestic wine staff in a convenience store with that and food, it would be mm. it would be amazing. I think. Yeah, yeah. It brings, but, back, it brings back to that point again. You're much more likely to buy some. Mm. Those what they're talking about. Yeah. So and that, that's one thing majestically said. I've always been good at. They their yeah. staff know what wines go with what, yeah. and are very good at recommending the right thing. So yeah. Yeah. massive opportunity there. I think. Yeah. But uh, but there we go. So there we go. We've we've solved uh, some of the world's uh, problems. Uh, we've uh, we've decided that we know how to turn around John Lewis. Um, we have also <laughs> solved the Morrison's problem and uh, you know rejuvenated their business model as well. So I think on on those those two double bombshells uh i think we should uh leave leave it there before we overheat uh, yeah, yeah probably yeah my brain's hurting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but anyway um well thank you as always um for your time um and thank you to the listeners as always um for for your time and uh we will be back tomorrow to discuss more exciting topics um from the day's newspapers uh and we'll leave you there Lovely. so many thanks take care bye